0: And welcome to Grief Unfiltered, a podcast about grief and how the fuck to handle it. I'm your host, Jamie Ells. Thank you, as always, for being here. How are y'all doing out there? Crazy times, crazy times. Um, I hope everyone is doing good. I'm super pumped right now. I just got done talking to Heard Midkiff. He wrote a book called Our Beating Hearts about his late wife, Shannon's journey. Um, she had heart complications. I am not even going to attempt the technical terms because they were very, very crazy, but she had, like I said, heart complications. She was diagnosed at 32 and she passed away in 2016. I think she was like 41, 42. Um, really beautiful story. He talks about how they met just growing up. She grew up in East Texas. He grew up in West Texas, their love story, and then their journey throughout her heart condition, um, and her passing and just how he dealt with grief as well. I really love talking to him. It was fun to just see someone, get to know someone who relates to you on grief, but then also once you've read, I read his book and I really enjoyed it Um, and just get to kind of talk through some of the stories from the person who knows them best. My favorite part of our conversation and of the book is, and it's like, sad that this is my favorite part. I don't know how to express it, but when he's talking about grief and just, he does a beautiful job expressing with words the raw emotions he first felt. Um, and he, one thing we talk about, he says that grief is almost like being in prison and you can't, I mean, not that you can choose to get out of prison, but y'all know what I mean? Like you can choose to be comfortable in those four walls or you can break through and fight and be a better person and come out stronger. And I think that's super, that's just a really cool way of putting it. Um, like I've said before, I don't wake up with this attitude every day. It's really a choice to, you know, look on the bright side, be a strong warrior through grief and make sure we just continue to live every day because that's what our loved ones at the end of the day would want for us. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. His book, Our Beating Hearts, is available on Amazon and his Facebook page, Heard Midkiff, is kind of where he updates everyone on things. So it's a beautiful talk that I hope you all enjoy. Before we get into that, um, like I said, how's everyone doing? I hope you're doing good. I know some people are still quarantined. Some people like me were Kind of out, not necessarily back to normal. I went out to eat last night and had to get my temperature taken. So not back to normal by any means. But, you know... Interacting a little more with people. So that's good. One of the things I wanted to talk to y'all about, and actually heard and I talk about this during our interview, is does anyone out there listen to Real Housewives of New York or listen to, sorry, watch Real Housewives of New York? Like I've said before, I love reality TV. I'm a huge Bravo fan. And I put this in my notes because I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. So Dorinda, uh, her husband passed away from cancer. She's one of the Real Housewives. I guess like 10 years ago. And this season, again, I'm not acting like I know anyone, but like this season she's super angry and very aggressive. And it's just like, dude, calm down. And her and I talk about like when you haven't really grieved or you kind of hold in that anger from someone passing away, especially like obviously someone passing away sucks for everyone, but like When you watch someone battle a disease like he did with his wife with her heart disease or I did with my mom with cancer, it's very painful, a slow process. And she obviously her husband passed away from cancer and it's like she has to be hanging on to some of that grief because every time she gets like drunk, she gets so emotional about it, which like, girl, let it out. Let's talk. But like if it's becoming an everyday thing and the anger is just there something's not right. Um, Heard and I also talk about, and he brings it up in his book, how the weight of grief can really bring you down and hold you back. And if you haven't experienced grief, you're like, what? Like, but it really feels like a physical weight is on your shoulders and it's hard to explain unless you've been there. Um, and it's once you decide to fight through the pain, um, something that we talked about on last week's episode it's still going to be there. The pain will still be there. But once you are in tune with your grief and you really talk through it and feel it, and you know, it's a journey, the pain, the quote unquote weight gets lighter. So you're still going to have that rock on your back. You're still going to have that stress, but it's something that will go from a hundred to maybe 15 pounds, a little lighter, a little easier, you know, a little healthier for everyone. So I don't know if y'all watch Real Housewives, let me know. Um, tell me if you think I'm reading too much into Dorinda's drunken anger craziness this season. But I think, I think that girl has not dealt with her grief, um, enough. And again, who, who cares what I think? And I'm only four years into grief. Let's see what I'm like 10 years in guys. It might be ugly. You might not want to go get margaritas with me one night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, All right. Well, other than that, I mean, the world's like not the happiest place right now, so I don't have anything like too exciting to talk to y'all about. Um, one thing, like I said, Hurd's book, Our Beating Hearts is a good read. I read it pretty quick. I also love to read, but I just, it's really interesting to read about someone's journey and then relate to it. And especially we talk about this, like, how I feel like I know Shannon now, his late wife. So that was pretty cool. Like when I read other books, you just they're characters and you like picture them in your head as what they would look like, but this is like a real person. So that was special. And then he also talks about his grief counselor he used. And I'm gonna order this book now now called Getting Grief Right and really read about that. And he says it really talks about how five stages of grief like aren't a real thing. Like, sorry if I'm like offending anyone, but like it's bullshit to me. Like I told him, like, am I supposed to be angry tomorrow? Like, I don't get it. What stage am I on? So we kind of go through that as well. Um again, thank you everyone for listening and supporting this podcast. I really enjoyed this journey with y'all. Please connect with me on Instagram. I love getting DMs from you and I would love to talk to you more and just get to know people and reach out if you want to be on the podcast. Like anyone can do it. You just have to have Zoom and, uh, and Zoom and that's about it actually. Um, but it would be cool. We have some cool episodes coming up just talking about like mental health and meditation and yoga. And then also we're going to do an episode focused on just loss from cancer. So someone else that also had a parent die from cancer and what that specific journey is like. Again, I think everyone's journey is unique, but the cancer one is definitely a tough one and one that has its own story to tell. So that's coming, but let me know what else you guys want to hear. I love doing this podcast. I love talking to y'all. And if you have any other like books I should read or topics I should bring up at the beginning of the show, that would be awesome. All right, guys, I'll stop rambling. I think I'm going to go eat Chipotle today. But without further ado, here is Herd Midkiff. Welcome her to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: As y'all know, Heard wrote Our Beating Hearts, and I would just like for you to share your story with the audience and, you know, why you wrote the book, who the book is about, if people probably have, like, if they haven't read it, kind of give them the background of it all and, and what made you write your book.
1: Yeah, so so the book's Our Beating Hearts, um, and it's a book that I really wrote in honor of my, my late wife, Shannon. Um, Shannon passed away in, in 2016, and we had we were about two months really about five weeks shy of our 15th anniversary passed away. Um, and, and, and wrote the book to, to tell her story. She was a great person and I wanted to honor her life. Um, but also as a part of that, just, just talk about, um, our life together. And then after she passed, um, just my journey of grief and, and kind of how I handled that and, and really what, what I did with grief and, and, and sort of, you know, It's written from the perspective of I was grieving as I was writing the book, Um, and and really the book is is me dealing with my grief. Um, And so instead of looking, you know, instead of looking back on grief, it's almost like you're in the journey with me about what grief feels like. Um, And and so, just for me, had to 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 write that um, to honor her and, and to um just explore what that grief felt like and and what i I felt i had to do um we were talking just before we we started recording you know one of the things i wanted to do with the book was um i didn't want to feel responsible for carrying you know shannon with me um and 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 that that um all the stories all the the laughter all the good all all the things that she was um, i didn't want to have to have that with me and I had to get it out of me. So no matter what happens to me, she's, she's out there and the book is out there. Um, and it just gives me comfort to know that no matter what happens, you know, she's, she's there someplace and someone can pick up a book and, and read about her.
0: And I forgot to mention, I love like, you're from Texas. I'm from Texas, obviously, and I just love like the Texas feel of the book. Like I really oh, got yeah. that, yeah. and just like, and then y'all would go on these trips, and I like looked up the places on like Instagram that y'all went to. <laughs> so oh, I was cool. like, oh my god, I've never heard of this place. Like I was yeah. sending them to my husband, so it's a good yeah. like Texas read too. Well,
1: well, the neat thing about the book um, is you know I was born in West Texas, and so I start the book talking about you know, me, my growing up in West Texas and then she was born in east texas so opposite side of the state and so talk all about east texas and, and what it was like to grow up there the you know, piney woods versus the you know flat deserts and sunsets mm-hmm. of west texas and then she and i met in Dallas. so we had both gone to school um, i went to tcu and she went to smu and we both met after college in dallas and so then we, we kind of always said we met in the middle and so you kind of have East West. And then I, I think I call it together in the book. And so then it's about, you know, coming together. So it kind of, it covers the whole, you know, kind of the whole I-20, I I-30 um, corridor there, the whole state.
0: And y'all met on a blind date, right?
1: Yes. We were set up by friends. Uh, Back this... before
0: like Instagram was a thing too. So <laughs> yeah. Blind.
1: I, I, I talk about, um, you know, we, uh, we met um, blind date and this is, I mean, there was no Facebook. This would have been 1998, uh, okay. whenever we, we, we met. No Facebook. No, um, you know, I guess online dating was sort it was kind of out there, but it wasn't really a, a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, both of us didn't want to go on the blind date unless we saw the other person and so we had to get a picture and, and so no one had phones with pictures on it and we literally had to you know get a friend to get a picture and then to carry it over and, and we kind of had this exchange of pictures through friends so we could see and like is each person okay and, you know they, they don't look like a serial killer they, they, yeah. you know, they seem okay so there's a whole whole process that took you know several days which now would take you know a second I hell, know that it. was
0: a cute, that was a really cute <laughs> part of the book. I liked it. Um, and then y'all got married about a year after dating.
2: Mm-hmm. How
0: and when did because I know her journey with the heart condition? I'm not even going to try to get into the technical terms.
2: Sure, sure. There
0: were so many. I was like, uh, I love all the abbreviations too. I'm like, oh, we get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I know she got, do you say diagnosed with the heart condition shortly yeah, after y'all got
1: married? About, uh, we'd been married about three years. So we got married mm-hmm. in 2000. So got married a, uh, and basically dated for a year, got engaged, and then um, we're engaged for about a year. So got married in 2000. And then when she was with just a Um just like no, no reason for it. She was healthy, 32 year old um, um, person. No history of anything, um, and I, I talk about that day in the book. This what that diagnosis was like, and 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 uh, um, I call it the the black swan is with the chapter, and it's just kind of this whole metaphor of this thing that comes out of nowhere. You're not expecting it, and once it happens, it kind of changes. You know, it changes the trajectory of your life and changes everything. And so that happened mm-hmm. in 2003, um, and, and and just go into quite a bit of detail just on what that phone call was like the disbelief. Um, and, and I'm, you know, we were talking earlier, just, a, you know, an, un, an unanticipated medical condition. There's this period of disbelief where you're like, this can't be really happening. Um, and to me. And so, you know, talk about kind of dealing with all of that. And, and then, um, you know, after that period, um, you know, ha- had, some ups and downs through there, but, but overall she, you know, she was fine medicine handled everything and and she was fine and, and sort of forgot about it and, and had a, you know, about 10, 11 years of, of everything just being normal and, and, uh, um, you know, treated through medicine and everything was fine, but it was certainly a, um, you know, a, a one of those moments in life that, that, um, the, the day we got that whole day that's described in the book, very clear to me today.
0: And one thing that I really related to, and again, your wife, sorry, she was 32 when 32. you got call. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cause my mom got diagnosed with cancer, I guess, late forties. Okay. But I remember in your book, you're like, we were in the waiting room and you look around and you're like, we should not be here. Everyone yes. else in the waiting room has <laughs> oxygen tanks <laughs> right, and canes right. and are very old. Like I, we were like that with my mom. I'm like, yeah. what? this is not like we, we are the odd ones here. Like we are yes. too young to be here. So no, I can't that, imagine 32. I mean, my it was my mom, so yep. older, but like, you just look around and you're like, something doesn't fit. Like we are not fitting yeah. here. This is for old people. Yeah, I people. think that was
1: one of our first checkups that we had. Um, and we're at the, um, yeah, in the waiting room with the doctor and we look around and yeah, we're, we're a good 30 years younger. It looks like than everyone around us. And, and I remember crazy. looking at Shannon and we're just like, what what is going on here? What yeah. is go- yes. yeah. yeah? Even
0: when my mom would get like chemo, because it would yeah. be like different seats, okay. and I'm just like, everyone here is so old. Yeah, like oh, it's just yeah. crazy. Like you said, when it, I, I mean, I still have those why me moments. Not gonna lie.
1: No, I understand. Um, and and you, you said your mom was in her forties.
0: So late forties when she got diagnosed. She was fifty four when she passed away. So she fought for like five or six years. Oh wow. Yeah. But anyway, I like, so I relate with the sure. call and all that fun stuff. Mm. <laughs> um, so one thing I love, well, actually I'm going to stick on like before she passed in that whole journey, um, before we get into grief, even though like, as like dark as this sounds, the bet, like my favorite part maybe it's just was the most relatable part sure, was the, right. the the parts on grief I love how you like described it
2: right um
0: but during the journey where she is battling the heart condition I know you talked about and probably after when she passed away your relationship with the church and just like the highs and lows I guess of it yeah um but what made you because I know at one point you felt really lost and then you went to your pastor correct
1: yeah yeah
0: What made you kind of go from, because I've had very dark moments too, just with my beliefs, go from, this is BS, this isn't fair, (laughs) why me, to like, okay, I'm going to go turn to someone and I'm going to turn to the church instead of just like a therapist or something.
1: Sure. Um, You know, I I talk about that in the book. Um, A lot of this comes from how I was raised. Uh, I was raised, you know, always raised in the church. Um, you know, I was a youth group kid, you know, I was uh you know, did did all of that. And so it's just something that's always been there, but it was always there. Um, you know, it was never like never like forced. It was just sort of, you know, I, I think it's just kinda in, in okay. the air I breathe. I mean, it wasn't, you know, we just we went to church and and, and uh, were taught beliefs and and you know, here's what my parents, you know, they they kind of really didn't say what they believed, they just lived it and and so, you know, kind of learned by their actions. So the church was never a uh, yeah, the church was never um you know something that was kind of bearing down on me. It was just always it was there part of my life. So and, and I think the seeds were planted um at a young age and and, and I had an experience when I was real little after my grandmother died, just, you know, I remember praying in church and um um you know I, I, I kind of felt like in my heart, like you know, something came over me and said, She's all right. And so that that experience has always been with me. Um and so, you know, get older um and and stuff happens to Shannon and then went through really after the heart diagnosis and and just kind of went through like, you know, I've lived my life right. I've done kind of that whole thing. I've done what, what have I done? I've I've been a good kid, made good grades, went to college. I mean, you know, all that. And, and, and you, so got really angry and upset about it because you know, in my mind, I've, you know, I don't deserve this. Um, and, and really kind of turning back to the church for answers that was just natural for me because I, I couldn't like, I, tr- I tried pushing it away, but I, I just couldn't. It's just something Aww. that's, it's just in me. Um, and I can't, you know, it, it's in me and it has a hold of me. Um, and so I was like, well, I need to figure this out. And that's when I went to, um, you know, went to our pastor and, and, and really she, she opened my eyes and, and, and really I talk about the Psalms. She's like, read, read the Psalms in the Bible um and and you know what you're going through is you know first of you know, she didn't say this but it, you know it's kind of like grow up kid you know let's you've had a pretty good life you need to get over yourself a little bit and and, and certainly didn't say it like that but it said read the psalms and, and look at look at this mm-hmm. and 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 i talk about in the book where i mean you have in the psalms where there's um i think it's psalm 22 where david said you know you're my rock, my redeemer. I mean, he's like, I'm all in. And then, you know, two Psalms later, it's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so, so basically he was able to show me that the story I'm living, um, what I'm experiencing, you know, it's, it's not new. It's what's been going on forever. And, and maybe your, your understanding of what faith should and shouldn't be is probably you, you need to maybe dig a little deeper because it's something a little richer and a little more than what you're thinking. So that That's kind of wow. how all that flowed. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That was, that was a really cool. And I guess, like you said, you didn't really think twice, like you were just going to go to the church. But when I was reading it, I was like, man, that took a lot of guts to be like, I'm so angry right now and this is where I'm gonna to turn to. I don't know. Right. I, I enjoyed reading that part for sure. You're good. Just being I, so I, open I, about it.
1: I knew um it was kind of one of those moments where I, I'm I'm like I, I knew it wasn't good what I was feeling. Like I knew it was this is not healthy, this isn't good. Um and and it's kind of one of those choices in life. And and I mean I, I can choose to to hold on to that and and feed that anger and, and, and that's so easy and, and one of the things um, we haven't really talked about the grief piece of it, but certainly you know, some of the angers that you feel uh, You certainly have empathy for people who who kind of hold on to that and feel that um, and, and and you have to make a choice And so sometimes you have to make a choice like no I'm not gonna do that as much as I would want as much as I want to I can't I'm gonna try this and, and and thank God that I I chose that so
0: yeah, going kind of piggybacking off that, when I, I'm very like a positive person and I try and see the glass half full most of the time. Right. But I talked about on my last podcast. I'm like, don't think I just like wake up and like like I'm like the sun's shining. Like it's a choice sure. right. to fight through that, you know, anger or that darkness to say, My mom wouldn't want this. I can't live like this. My family deserves better. Right. I'm gonna push through that wall that could just hold me back right now. So I, I, yeah, definitely a choice and it takes effort.
1: And I always tell people, um, who, when I have these types of conversations, it's, it it comes down to, are you going to own the grief or is the grief going to own you? Um, and, and that's literally a choice and, and, and it's a hard one at times. And so,
0: yep. Some days, (laughs) even like last week, I just had like a really rough few days. And I'm like, I guess the, I mean, I know that's normal, but still it's yep. not always fun. <laughs> yep,
2: absolutely.
0: Just the waves of it all is crazy. Um, but one thing also I super related to in the book and kind of how you were saying, you're like, um, why me? I'm a good person. Like I've done everything right. Was how y'all talked about going off plan. Mm. And I really related to that. Like Okay no, I'm graduating college. Like my mom's right. supposed to be there for this and like this and we're then supposed to do that like just having that plan and then when something like a wrench gets thrown in it like a illness that's so yeah. intense and I know it like um when you talk about it in the book I'm not like revealing too much information but it y'all couldn't have kids because of her heart condition and sure. you're like what?
1: <laughs> Right, right. First yeah. comes
0: love, then comes marriage. Right. Like
1: <laughs> No, I had it all mapped out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I talk about. And, and I'm a natural planner. And so, you know, I had it all, here's the plan. So, and then, yeah. then the, the, the plan changes. So.
0: How did y'all kind of deal? How did you, were you the positive one in the relationship? Like, were you helping her? Was she more like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like, we'll figure out like how did y'all talk through that issue
1: it's all you know we we were always um it it kind of varied depending on the day of the week so to speak um and and luckily you know sometimes whoever was up the other person may be down and vice versa and so you know you meet in the
0: middle
1: (laughs) yeah and so you meet in the middle or you know the the person who's up is gonna like okay just cheer up we're gonna get through this and, and but it wasn't always one or the other person. It was always, you know, either, either person. And luckily we never, we never were both down at the same time. So, but, but part of that's, you know, in a marriage, um, when you see the other person in a a place, I mean, you know, you, you want to help your, you know, you want to help each other. And so we just helped, we helped each other through it. Um, is is really how that worked.
0: And then y'all ended up adopting a daughter, which is so cool.
1: Uh, Best thing ever in the world
0: cuz you i'm like trying to remember that part but what brought y'all to adopt like you still were like no we're going to have a kid like even yeah. though we can't like we're supposed to be parents
1: yeah we just we wanted to we, we we thought we i mean we wanted to be parents and and we we had love for we had love mm-hmm. to give and we needed to needed to put that love someplace and and um we we had been touched with People in our lives through adoption, and and have oh, you know, cool. seen it, and and had one of our really one of my dearest friends of ours. Um, it's actually the family that Shannon worked for, um, mm-hmm. who's in the book. Their daughter, um, she was a um, adopted, and and so and she's just a wonderful, good good human being and good friend today. This watch, watch her grow up, um, and is actually our daughter's god godmother, and so you know she was in our life, and then we had other places, and, and we just kind of thought yeah you know these are all the signs pointing us towards what we should be doing and and so kind of after getting through the place of accepting shannon's you know heart, heart condition accepting all that um we just said we this is something we need to do we're supposed to be parents and look at all these wonderful people in our lives and, and this mm-hmm. is just a, a wonderful thing and and so it's been the best you know best thing ever uh, i mean
0: i feel I, I, like I love my
1: daughter more than anything in the world so.
0: Well, and it's really cool how spoiler alert how the yeah, book I mean, ends and like you're kind of explaining grief because she was four years old when Shannon passed, correct? Five. Yeah, she
2: was five.
0: five. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm sure we could do a whole other episode about explaining grief to a five year old or sure. death to a five year old. <laughs> right, like, what? Right. Especially their mom, like, holy cow. Yeah. So that must have been so hard, but I'm sure like I mean, with me and my brothers, like we're so cl- grief has brought us so close. Um, I'm yeah. sure it takes your relationship to another level. So Absolutely.
1: yeah, we, we have, positives. A, yeah, there, there's, there's some, there's some good in there. And just, we, we, we have a special bond that we, we always will have. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you have, uh, speaking of like positives that come out of grief, do you have any like off the top of your head that you're like, you know, one thing I am grateful for that I learned, or like how grief really changed you. Yeah, looking back now, it's only been four years, but still, like sure. through that journey.
1: I mean, it, the positives. Um, I think it made me just a more empathetic person, um, and, and you know, more willing just to listen and 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 understand where people are coming from. And, and I kind of mentioned earlier about you know, I know the the pain that grief has, and 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 probably less, less likely to say, Oh, that's no big deal. You know, just get over it. Um, and and I was never that callous, but certainly, you know, I I, I see it and feel it in a way that I didn't before. Um, and I think it makes me just a a more empathetic person. Um, and also just help me, um, just figure out what's important in life. Um, and and the things I used to get stressed out about, um, I still get stressed about things, but there's so many more things that I, I just, I'm like, it'll be fine. I mean, you know, it'll it'll be fine and let's let's keep that in perspective um and then you know i I was telling before you know after shannon passed and and the book came out you know i met somebody new and and got i've gotten remarried um and that's just shown me you know one she's just a wonderful human being i'm claire is her name and just just a wonderful person and 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 i really I i think i'm a better i'm a better husband now having gone through everything you may tell you differently, but, um, it's just, (laughs) (laughs) um, certainly, you know, certainly my journey informs the way I am today and and I'm different today than I was before. Um, and I think it's just made me a more caring, hopefully empathetic person.
0: That's how I definitely like you, like that stuff that you just went over. I totally relate to all that. And it's like, it's stuff you can't learn. Like you can't like read or study it and learn it. Like you have to like feel it and it's gone through something to, to get to that spot. And it's so priceless. Like, it's just crazy. I'm the same, like how I look at the world now and how I look at people. And just like, I was that like, stressed person. That's like, everything has to be perfect. What are we right. doing? Am I pushing myself enough? Like, here's my five-year plan and where I want to be with money and career and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And like,
2: <laughs> Yep.
0: then you're like, life's too short. Like YOLO. Right. I'm not going to stress about that. Right. Like even I was like, and it's like the smallest thing, but like, okay, I want to make sure like my dinner is planned all week. I don't want to go eat out. I want to have my Food ready at home and Mm -hmm. it's like if I have to pick up Chipotle one night like the world's gonna go on like who cares don't like stress about like getting home earlier to make sure you can make dinner and like I don't know maybe I just have other issues but
1: (laughs) 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 no I (laughs) understand (laughs) I mean I'm totally you know type a you know very organized I mean always have been you know I had my career goals Well, I want to do this by this and Mm -hmm. then if that didn't happen you know the world I'm like oh my gosh and and some of that is it was some of that, I think, I mean, I'm I'm 45 now. Um, some of that's just, when, you, when I turned 40, 41, I don't know the world, just you, you, you calm down a little bit. Um, just okay. so as you get a little, uh, a little bit older, but, but I think part of that, you know, I was 41, 42 when Shannon, uh, I think I was 41. So I, I don't know what came first, but that's the, much more, the perspective is, is, is there. Um, yeah. and, and just let's just calm and and there's so much to live for and there's so much good and even through pandemics and and, you know all that we we will figure this out so
0: yep I feel the exact same way
1: yeah
0: for sure so it's pretty cool I mean like obviously death sucks but like it's cool how you can like you said push through and still be like a different a better person at the end of the day but okay so going into grief like I said, the end of the book was very relatable for me and I loved like I felt like I just kept highlighting things like how you talked about grief and just mm. like I said like the words you use. My favorite that you used was you said you were um it felt like I was a prisoner to grief and that you mm. needed to make your escape. Like you yep. were in a prison cell and you had to make your escape or like even you said I felt like I was in a labor cra- a labor <laughs> camp and I like you're like, why am I here? I did nothing.
2: Right. right. I was
0: like, yes, that is what I feel yep. in my life. Um, but anyway, I just really like how you described grief as being kind of in a prison cell. Right. Um and, at and the also, begin-
1: oh go ahead. Yeah.
0: Oh no, I was just gonna say at the beginning of grief, like, is that how did you cause in here you say like you want to move forward? How did you move forward?
1: Um I you know, luckily. So I, I use the whole analogy, you know, kind of being in a prison cell, and, and I make I make the other argument that, you know, it, you can let that become comfortable, like you can let that prison cell, you know, be a place where I'm safe. I mean, you know, the, the, I'm safe here. I I see the walls around me, and and I'm I'm safe here. Um, and so you, that's kind of back to that choice you make, and so it's something that you know it's it's holding you in and you've got to make a choice, you know, I think to break out. And so, you know, you either make a choice to tunnel out of the, the labor camp or not. Um, I really think what, what drove me is I had a five-year-old daughter, um, who needed a dad and she needed, you know, a life and she needed all the you know, love and, and all of that. And, and I can't, um, probably made me make the choice faster than, than maybe I would have if I was completely by myself because she needed a dad. And so I'm like, I, I can't, I got to be there for her. So I got to handle this um, for her. And because and Shannon, you know, Shannon um, I have responsibility to Shannon to, to be the dad that I need to yeah. be. And now, you know, her mom's gone. So I, I think that's what drove me probably to, to act faster or to like, consciously say, I'm going to handle this. Um, I'm going to work through this because, um, I had had a little girl who no choice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That would be pretty selfish if you were just like, peace out. I'm sad. (laughs)
1: Um, how was, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was
0: just going to ask,
1: um, just how, how was, how was
0: like rate, uh, like being a father to a five-year-old and grieving, like, I guess you're still your daughter's support system because she yeah. still misses her mom, but then you're like a widow at this point, yeah. you know, like yeah. going through all that. So how was that process?
1: I mean, that pro- that's really where I, I, I wrote the book during all of that. And and, okay. and really what I would do is she would, she would go to bed um, and I'd write for two or three hours a night. And, and, and really kind of to, to put a little context to it, um, I, I mentioned, you know, Shannon was in the hospital. She had a heart transplant um and had complications and ended up being in the hospital for three months and, and while, while she was in the hospital for those three months i um started doing a carrying bridge page and so i set up this carrying bridge and i would post um just kind of what she was doing and, and how she was and then when things got really hard Um, I've always written it kind of for fun. I mean, never, Hmm. you know, never thought of publishing or anything like that, but always journaled and in in the book I have, um, journal entries that I did and actually found journals of Shannon's that I didn't know I'd never read those before. And so the journal entries that are in the book or journal entries that she wrote about me while we were dating that I'd never read before. So found all that. Yeah. And so, so put all that in the book. No, I'd never read that until after. Um, but, but never had, you know, I'm always been a pretty private person um and and never thought I'd be doing podcasts talking about my life or, you know, anything like that. But but while she was in the hospital, I just I kinda let down my guard and said, I'm just gonna write from the heart. I'm gonna write what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling and, and really let people, you know, um kind of join in that's with me. And so I had all these carrying bridge posts that I'd written and and all of our friends and just the, the responses, the prayers, all I could feel all that and that kind of helped mm-hmm. get us through, you know, get our families through the the whole thing. And so I just kept on writing. I mean I, I had a lot of people um um while I was writing say, oh you need to write a book. You're such a good writer you're this and that. And I actually really thought,
0: are a good writer.
1: Oh thank you. Um and, and I thought to myself, I was like I think I'm gonna write a book about this experience. When when Shannon gets out, so I mean I was in the hospital writing care carrying bridge. I was like, oh, when Shannon gets out, I'm gonna write a book about this experience and it's gonna be beautiful. And, and Shannon, you know, I had a whole happy ending about us leaving the hospital together. I had a whole thing like, here's where it's gonna go. Um, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, but I, I went home and, and just kept writing is really what I did. And um, I, I woke up, um, I, I told myself, I'm still gonna write this book. Um, and then one, this is a few weeks after Shannon had passed. And I woke up at like five in the morning and I I outlined the entire book and I wrote a whole outline. And it's like, so here's this outline. Here's the book I'm going to write. I'm going to write our story because Shannon deserves it. And then I spent the next six months writing it. And so I was kind of, you know, back to your original question, dad in the daytime and with Caroline and, and you know, making sure everything was okay with her. And then she'd go to bed. And then at night I saved all my I dealt with it. That grief. I saved it saved it for that. And so that, that's, that was really a big piece of it.
0: Wow. That's yeah. super impressive, but that's super healthy too. <laughs> like how you're like, yeah. you weren't just going to like go to bed. You like had to like, like you said, like connect and make a choice to like work through your grief and not sure. just like let it sit.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I, I do want to say also, um, I, I found a grief counselor in Fort Worth. So I had a, I'd started going to grief counseling once a month. And so I was writing the book. And then, really, I would talk about the book and talk about with, with our the grief counselor. His name's Dr. O'Malley, Dr. Patrick O'Malley here in Fort Worth, and he he is wonderful. Um, and he has a book too. Um, actually, it's called "Getting Grief Right." And, and if you ever want to read a book on Ooh. grief, yeah. Um, Writing it down. Yeah. So I I can't take full credit for uh um, doing all that. I was talking to him during the, that period as well, and that That's was really cool. really healthy and really good. So.
0: I know. I still think I should go to grief counseling. It's on my list of things to do. <laughs> um, Cause I do think it would be a good, even like, I don't think, like, I think you could go right after you lose someone. I think I could go four years later. Like, I think sure. it's always something you should like talk through.
1: Absolutely. Kind of no, totally believe in that.
0: So how was like kind of pivoting to writing a book? It was yeah. your first book, right? I mean,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: that's so cool.
1: So, like, yeah, what an
0: exciting journey. I, I mean, during such a dark time,
1: though, it's like <laughs> it's, it's about
0: highs and lows, it's
1: interesting. Um, yeah. for sure. Um, and and you know, what I one of the things I through all kind of the journey is and through the sadness and, and, and passing of Shannon, I was like, we we can't, I want to make something good from this. There's got to be something good that comes out of it, and that's sort of how the book, you know, I, I wrote the manuscript um and then shared it with friends and, and and they actually said it was you know this is good enough to be published at least they, they thought it was and and so i i said well this you know, if this is something really good that can come from something you know tragic then let's let's do it and, and so just kind of wanted to make as much good as possible from from her passing.
0: and how cool like this is such a one-off but like your daughter can read this book and ten, twenty, thirty, 10 20 30 like She'll always have this to go back to. Yeah, it's so special.
1: And 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 we talk about it. Um, she goes through phases, but there's there's certain stories in the book that I've read. There's a story in the book about when we got our dog, um, when yeah. Shannon and I got our dog, and so I've read that story to Caroline. And there's a couple, you know, pieces, and so we've read that. But then, um, as she's getting older, you know, someday she'll read the whole thing and really yeah. you know, kind of see the whole thing. And and I always told when I, when I was writing it. And then I found an um, after I decided, okay, I you know I want to publish this, and and found a a, a group in Austin to help me, Um, and the the editor who helped me, she she took my eighty thousand word manuscript and and, oh and kind of helped shape it. Yeah, she there's there's stuff that she, we had to cut out, which was always difficult, but but she was awesome, um, um, and she kind of helped shape it a little bit. Um, I, I said said if I have a thousand books in my garage and I have one copy to give to Caroline, then this is a win. I mean that's you know. That that's a win. Aww. So anything else is gravy. Um, and then fortunately, of uh, you know, lots of sold lots of copies, um, and so there are lots of copies out there too. And so that's yeah. All gravy. yeah,
0: that's so cool. That's exciting. But yeah, it's weird to say like that's so exciting, and then it's like about such a tough time. But sure, the big picture, it's really cool that you'll have yeah. that forever. Well,
1: yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Was this your? I assume since you were so young, like was this your first big grief or loss in life?
1: Yeah. Outside of, you know, my first, I would say not un- unnatural grief. I mean, you know, grandparents, you know, so my, my grandmother died, you know, my grandparents died when I was fairly young. Um, Cause my parents were older when they, they had kids, but you know, outside of grandparents, which is, is sad, but it's sort of, you know, it seems like the normal it's course the of things, right. You know, the, <laughs> your grandparents will, will pass before you. Um, this is kind of the first big unexpected that was this close. Um, yeah, that that was this close to me.
0: I could like feel that when I was reading the last few chapters, how you talk about grief and the realness of it, and just those first few days and months, like when someone passes away that you're so close with. Um, it's it's cool how like raw it is in the book, you know, yeah. like just how you're like, well, this set me off, or some days I want to do this and very relatable. Like I've said, um, how, do you have any advice if someone say they're a widow a year into losing their significant other, like, or even five, ten, like someone just going through it, maybe having a hard day, what advice could you give to them?
1: Um, yeah, my, my main advice is, you know, like I, 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 I feel like grief, you know, I've used the prison metaphor, how it kind of, you know, has you trapped or it's something that, hold. you know, it's got a hold of you. And I do believe through my experience and plus the experience of talking to others is is you, you do need to somehow handle that and, and find a positive way to handle that. And so for me, it was writing. And and that's what I did. For others, it may be, I don't know, painting something. It may be... I. It, it, it may be doing something, but I think if if you can do something positive to kind of get that grief out of your your body, um, I think that that that's something that I think is important to do. Um, and and um, and I think you know the other piece of it is, is is you can't you know back to you can't really avoid it. I mean, it's kind of that thing. you can sort of try to avoid it, but it'll keep chasing you around the room if you try to. And and yeah. so. You got to go through it, um, and and try to go through it. Whether it's counseling, whether it's um, something, there, there's got to be a way to to kind of go through it. And 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 this is coming from grief counseling and coming from from uh, Dr. O'Malley's book describes grief as um, their disorientation, um, and so some, you have a loss that's so close to you, you're disoriented. Like the 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 structures of your life, you know, something is completely. Off now, and you don't know what way is up. And I think I talked about in the grief tunnel, what you know, am I going just completely in it? And so, what you do is you try to figure out a way to get reorientation. So you go from disorientation to reorientation to where, okay, now I I see how the new life is, and Mm. I I, this is how this is my way forward, and I now kind of know what way is up because I've gotten reoriented. Well, well, handling the grief or doing something positive to kind of you know do that that's how you go from disorientation to reorientation. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's my suggestion.
0: And I talked about this last week or on the last episode when a lot of people feel like, okay, I just need to like get back to normal, get back to what I'm used to. And it's like, like you said, this is your new life. Don't try and go back to who you were before this person passed away because right. it's not going to happen. Right. And I made that mistake of like, okay, I'm just supposed to just be sad because my mom's out here, but like go back to normal. Right. And just put on a happy was...
1: face and everything's fine. Yes.
0: Yeah. That was so bad. Like it just isn't <laughs> the right way to work. Like you're not going to go back to normal. How much you try or you think you're doing the right thing um, so like you said, this is your new life. Like, right. it's, it might suck, but like, we gotta, we're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. Um, but you just can't have like that idea in your head of like, okay, I need to be who I was before right? Thing, or go back I mean, to normal.
1: It's sort of incorporating it. I mean, it's, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing around with metaphors because that's how I, I view the world. But, and I think yeah. I've talked about this in the book you know, it's sort of like being, you know, an amputee. I mean, like you, you know, your your right arm was cut off. I mean, I like, you know, lost my wife for 15 years. I mean, that's nothing is more disorienting than that. Um, and, and as an amputee, you know, you kind of have that, you, you still feel like your arm is there, although it's not. Um, and there's going to be a period where, okay, now I have to learn how to live without this arm. I, and, and, you know, I, I need to, and there will be a period there. But then if you, if you do the work, you can, and you, you know, you will live a, a, a life and you can live without that arm, but you're always going to have, I mean, that arm will still be gone. And so yeah. you're, you're back to where you're functioning and you're back to where you have a, you know, you're, you you, look normal, um, or uh, not normal, but you, you just incorporate that into your life. And so it's, yeah. it's still, you're different than you were before, but you've incorporated it and you can still live a happy, normal, healthy life, but that's always going to be a part of you. And I think that's, yeah. that's kind of the that's journey. A great and, metaphor. Yeah.
0: One thing I love asking people this question: What did you learn from Shannon?
1: Um, man, I learned a lot from her. She, you know, the biggest thing I learned from her, um, one she always had this wonderful laugh, and and she just was. When I first met met her, she had a wonderful laugh, and that that laugh is you know was was a uh, just a special thing about her. All her friends, you know, knew about knew about her laugh, Aww. but. What I really learned from her was um, she never complained about, I mean, anything related to her heart condition. Um, and really, you know, the last is really on the last couple of years when we had lots of ups and downs. I mean, she, you know, she faced some pretty scary things um, and did it you know, she, she was brave, um, and, and braver than me. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, look back and I complain more when I have a, you know, a cold for a few days than she ever complained about, you know, having massive, um, you know, this massive heart issue in the last couple of years of her life. And I think I just learned how to be brave and how to face things. Um, that. And, and that was a good, she set a good example.
0: No one's used the brave. Um, no one said brave yet. When I asked that question, yeah. I love that that's one thing reading your book. Um, I don't remember what part it was in, but you say like how she handled everything bravely and just never complain. You're like, think of if you woke up and you got a bad night's sleep and you're into 30 minutes of cardio, that's yes. how she started every day, but you would yep. never know. And, um, I feel the same way, like about my mom. I'm like, she was going through such intense chemo, radiation, all this stuff. And it's like she still laughed. She still looked at the positive as much as she could. She still um fought and never complained. And yep. it's just like, like you like, I'm like, I don't know if I would have done that. I don't right. know if that's how I would have handled it. Right. <laughs> So uh, that was really cool to read about. Um, that part was really sweet and definitely something I was like, okay, I feel that. Cause I thought that about my mom too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's something to witness. I mean, it really is.
0: Yeah. And you're just like, we've said like the empathy or you never know what someone's going through. Like it's yeah. One time. Oh my God. I'm going to tell this story because it's really funny. Um, uh, my mom, so she was going through radiation, not chemo. So she had like she wasn't bald. She had a little hair and okay. she parked like she went to H-E-B to run in to get something. And she parked in like the expecting mom's parking spot. Cause she was like, I'm going to run in. I'm tired. She just left radiation. So it's like literally burned
2: you. (laughs) Like Uh,
0: She was like, I'm just going to park here and run in. And someone like, like was like, you're not expecting you shouldn't park there.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: She was like, you don't know
1: what I'm going. Right. No, exactly. Like not
0: the time to mess with someone. Right. And it's just one of those moments that you're like, people just let people be. (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, Shannon. (laughs) similar story with shannon she she had um um the doctor had given her a, a handicap you know sticker uh, or thing so she could park because she was you know t- this is towards right before the transplant she was having this problem it just you know getting around a, a little bit but she wasn't visibly you know wasn't in a wheelchair or something and somebody yeah. yelled at, you know, somebody yelled at her too and she just was like you know you have no idea i mean you have absolutely no idea yeah. like, this, this is when she'd had a Um, implantable cardiac defibrillator Um, and I I talk about this in the book and it it, like in a two-year period it went off like 12 or 13 times and and, I mean it like and it just
0: shocked yeah
1: yeah, you know kind of shocks your heart back and and this is like the day after one of those episodes that happened and I mean she's like that's the last Mm. thing I need and and so I I understand how your mom felt like you have no clue and and that's kind of back to the empathy piece is um just we're so quick to judge, like, and, and we, you know, we always put our, you know, we, we put,
0: this is what I would do.
1: Yeah. We make assumptions about someone else and, and we, we have no clue what, where they're coming from. And so everyone just, just have a little empathy and like, you don't know what that person just went through. And, and so I, I think that's been a good, a good life lesson. So.
0: Yeah. Amen.
1: <laughs> Amen.
0: Do you have anything else you want to add?
1: no i mean you know, i think the only thing i want to add is you know if people take anything you know from the book it's you know that no matter how how challenging whatever the experience is that you're going through um you know it's going to get better um and and you know and, and I, I call this the infrastructure so so maybe what I, i'll leave it as is you know my, my faith my family my friends you know, that's my infrastructure that that really ha- put me in a place where I was able to to help deal with this grief and if I you know if I hadn't had that infrastructure in my life uh, um, that's what kind of held held me together Um, and and so just man just you know lean on your relationships and and mm-hmm. you know call your friends and, and especially now when we're all so separated and and I know you know thank goodness for technology and we're able to connect but just keep those connections in your life because when the big, when something big happens, um, it's just nice to have that infrastructure there. And, and so I mm-hmm. hope people, I hope people feel that and take that from the book. Um, because you know, I have been blessed and have met another person and, and, uh, you know, gotten remarried and, and have, have gotten to a place where I'm able to do that and there's so much good there and she's such a wonderful mom to Caroline now and, and so just without all that I, I couldn't get to where I am today. Well
0: that's a good way to look at it too. But it's like, yeah, lean on your tribe, lean on your people. Yeah. Like they wanna help.
1: <laughs> well I think this is great. You know, we're talking about handling grief. I mean you you doing this podcast, I mean this is, you know, this obviously is a way, you know, you're you're helping channel that. And so yeah. you know, I, I think I think that's a go back to what, what people do. I think, you know, this is another example of what I'm talking about. Like this is is good. Yeah.
0: It's just crazy. Like now. And again, it's not like I'm an expert. Like I've only lost my mom like four years ago. Oh, I'm like, Oh my God, all this stuff. I wish I knew my first year when she passed away. Right. I'm just like, Oh, that was just such not, I just handled it wrong and not saying like, Oh my God, I went and was like super depressed or like Like drink, like nothing crazy. I just don't think mentally I handled it good.
1: No, that makes total. So
0: well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really enjoyed it. This
1: has been this has been good.
0: Thank you, Herd, for that awesome conversation. If you want to order his book, Our Beating Hearts, it is available on Amazon. Give him a follow on Facebook and give us a follow on Instagram at Grief Unfiltered. I hope you all have a great week. And if you want to do something fun, re-listen to this episode. And every time we say book, make that a drinking game.
2: <laughs> oh, just kidding. All right, y'all.
0: Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next episode. Bye.